You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. This is Randy. In the future, forget Disney. The Delos Corporation has my amusement park money. This is Melanie. And in the future, we won't have cameras anymore because with the advances in satellite and surveillance technology, you can get a picture of anyone from anywhere all the time. And this is Jesse. In the future, movies won't bother with casting. They will just use CGI Peter Cushing, CGI Carrie Fisher, and hologram Tupac Shakur to play every role. I haven't seen CGI Carrie Fisher yet. I know it's a thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess at least it was a thing when she was still alive, but... I was going to say, oh, they, right, they yeah. probably had CGI Carrie Fisher for years now. One of the, they, they had CGI Carrie Fisher in one of the last movies, probably. Uh, probably right. <laughs> and a couple other Well, characters. I mean, what is it? Um, animation, computer-generated animation, um, like the Rebels cartoon. Is that technically CGI? Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Already. That's kind of interesting. So what's the difference? I mean, there is a difference, it feels like to me. But what's the difference between using a celebrity's likeness in a cartoon, even if it's CGI? Because they'll do that. You know, that's not even like nobody mm-hmm. thinks that's weird, right? Mm-hmm. Right. But then what's the difference about uh, of that versus CGIing a, 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 an actor in a live action thing? Because that feels weird if they're not around. It does. Right. Because like it's live the action Cushing and they're not thing. alive. Yeah. yeah. That's why. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, but a lot of our live action, at least the big blockbusters, are more animated feature than live action at this point. Yeah. Well, and if we don't notice, then that's awesome. It's like, I mean, when you think about it, most of like the big superhero movies, those are like Cool World, just with computer animation instead of uh, yeah. like it's a live act it's a live <laughs> action actor. Cool world, cool world, cool world, or so. Ro- who framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah, but who framed Roger Rabbit? Oh no, I guess at the end they did it. I was gonna say who framed Roger Rabbit was kind of reversed yeah. for the most part, but at the end it's not. It's it's them running around in a fully uh, animated world. Yeah, yeah, especially like the Zack Snyder movies. Like it's all CG. Except for the actors, oh, yeah. and in, in in a lot of cases, like their suits are CG, so it's right. like you've yeah. got live act live <laughs> action faces. <laughs> just don't make my suit green or animated. Yep. Well, eventually, it'll all just be cartoon, and we'll have actors, but they'll all be in those green, like full body suits that go over their face and stuff. That's gonna yep. be it. That's all actors are gonna be. They'll just have little light dots all over their faces yep. and bodies. There's my second yeah. in the prediction in the future prediction for the night. Yeah. Did you uh, hear how they did the Peter Cushing stuff? No. Well, basically, like, not to take too much time on it, but um, they basically did the guy up in makeup to make him look like a different person, and then they CGI'd it from there to make him Peter Cushing. Like, they had to do it, you know, like, almost incrementally. Like, they couldn't just go, boom, you're Peter Cushing, because he's got such, uh, you know, I mean, he's got such distinct features. So they had to turn him into somebody else and then turn that somebody else into Peter Cushing. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So, we, yeah. we need to reset you to a default base that we can use. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We turned you into John Smith first. Welcome to the Grolix Podcast, episode number 37. Ooh. Yeah. S- the second episode of January. So, yeah, that's yeah. a thing. So weird. Still, get, still getting used to that, like mm-hmm. yeah, trying to figure out how to budget my time for this new new world order. Yeah, I mean, it's extra weird right now because we're not on the normal recording schedule that we're going to be. We'll fall back into a normal recording schedule, but... But holidays, man. Holidays. Yeah, holidays through mm-hmm. are what threw that off in the first place. And on top of that, we're, it's not even just going to be the two episodes this month. Uh, it's going to be three episodes total this month. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're listening to this the day it goes up, one week from today, uh, there will be new Grolix Bites with uh, Dustin Smothers from Pro Wrestling Iowa and... Uh, we're going to talk about Westworld. I didn't expect to launch into promoting that episode just yet, but it happened. 
Good job. <laughs> it did. <laughs> Got rid of it right away. Yep. So far, I'm feeling good about it, though. I like planning out the two two episodes a month, mm-hmm. twice monthly for internet things. That's much nicer mm-hmm. so far. And we've only really started to get into it. Mm-hmm. It means I won't have to promote... Uh, what did we talk about? Lady Thor for like a whole whole month. Yeah. (laughs) Lady Thor for a solid month. Yeah. Which is really ironic for what our next poll list pick will be. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think Jesse, you've already read it. Haven't you? Maybe I shouldn't even say that. Uh, Pretty, pretty, pretty close. Pretty close. I've got like a issue left. So it sounds like it for it. I kind of like it. It sounds like it's going to be an interesting follow up. Almost the themed double, double feature episode to a, Thor, yeah, Goddess of Thunder. L- listener, listeners, we're talking about Angela, which is our next pull list pick, which we announced in the last episode. And in the Marvel universe, Angela is very closely tied to the whole Thor side of things, from what I understand. It's interesting because I've read, uh, I read both, and I don't, I don't want to like bury the lead and talk about it on this episode, but they're very different. Okay, the original and then the Marvel, they're very different. So I'm interested to talk about it. We'll get into that next month, though. Yeah, yeah. Stay tuned. But what are we going to talk about this episode? That's the real question. That's a great question. We're going to finally talk about the Invisibles. Yes, we are. Yeah, yeah. Fine. Yeah. Sorry, guys. No. And then <laughs> and then we're also going to see the return of a webcomics recommendation because that used oh, yeah. to be like a, a cornerstone of the show that we forgot. We just kind of like forgot to do for the last year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, which is silly because it's been some of our best interactions it, too. It, it's like, yeah, why, why did we, why did we forget to do it? Well, I think part of it was that me for sure, and maybe occasionally you guys didn't have one. I know I hardly ever yeah, had yeah. one, mm-hmm. and so I, I don't know if we, we thought we had to all have one, but I don't think we do. Just one of us does. And we were pretty high focused on our features too, and so then we go, oh. Kind of like future predictions, like we get to record and we go, oh, wait, <laughs> there was something I forgot. Mm-hmm. I came bearing webcomic rec- recommendation. Woo-hoo. So let's do that. And then we can move on to the features, okay. the features, the, uh, yeah. the Invisibles feature. Not to downplay this uh, webcomic recommendation because it's pretty awesome. All right. So I, I found this just recently and, you know, I'm sure I'm behind the curve. This is. Uh, it's award winning, so I'm sure it's popular already. So I've been reading, and you know, disclaimer: I'm not that far into this, and I'll get to that in a second. But I've been reading "Stand Still, Stay Silent," mm-hmm. um, which is written and illustrated by Mina uh, Sundberg. She's a, a, a Finnish Swedish. She's from Finland and Sweden. She's okay. kind of bounced between the two. And the summary from. Now this is interesting because like I said I okay I've only I'm only about 40 pages into this. Um it's a web comic and it's like a full page like every post is like a full page. It's still like comic book page style mm-hmm. and I'm only on about page 40 41. So this isn't a full review just that I've been really digging it. Uh-huh. Because currently it's at like 600 plus plus pages. Oh, so okay. <laughs> I've barely even scratched the surface on this thing. Yeah, on the on the site it says that it updates like several days a week. Yeah, like uh, f- Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Generally, yeah, that's a lot. That's yeah, a that's a big update schedule. It's crazy output. The summary on the site says it's been ninety years after the end of the old world. Most of the surviving population of the known world live in Iceland, the largest safe area in existence. While the safe settlements in the other Nordic countries—Norway, Sweden, Denmark, and Finland—are small and scarce. And also, um, there's a book available, and the book describes it as a lighthearted Nordic post-apocalyptic adventure with a lot of friendship, some magic, and a little bit of horror and drama. The first page went up November 1st, uh, 2013. It's still ongoing. Like I said, it's 600 and something pages, 600 plus pages. I've only got like 41 pages in, and the summary took me a little bit by surprise. Really? If that tells you anything, because I was like, hmm. wait, 90 years after the end of, wait, what? So I've barely even scratched. <laughs> so you haven't surf- even gotten 90 years past the. No. The first thing that you'll notice, like, um, you can find this at sssscomic.com. Uh, stand still, stay silent, four S's. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first thing that grabbed me, and I don't know how I come across this, was the art. Like I said, oh, it's, yeah. it's like full page. Um, each, each installment is a full page. 
it looks beautiful. Yeah. It's like printmaking, especially the first couple pages. Uh huh. But even after that, like the the coloring style is very, I don't know, etching meets block print. Yeah. Kind it, of style. It really stands out. And speaking like the coloring, I, I really like the coloring, the style I enjoy. The characters look good. It's mm-hmm. very consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a really good looking considering she's putting out four pages a week mm-hmm. consistently. Man, it looks right. amazing. And then also the other thing, like I don't think I even knew it was like a post-apocalyptic thing when I started reading it. Oh. Um, the other thing that grabbed me was the characters. It's it's funny. Like it's a fun read. And the characters, like there's some I wouldn't say like slapstick goofy, but like kind of goofy, uh, cute characters and i don't know the way uh the, the the humor comes from the character interaction and i don't i really like the writing mm. and given that it's it's i've gotten into a bit where there's like a plague type thing happening mm-hmm. and the tone is really interesting because the subject matter is kind of dark mm-hmm. but at the same time it's fun it's a fun read yeah um so it's a really interesting balance, and I can only imagine it's plays heavier on there since where I've read up to at this point, it hasn't even hit the fan full on. So, yeah. Hmm. so yeah. In my brain, I'm thinking, why the last man feels? I mean, I don't know about tonally, but like it, the world, it's doing some pretty cool world building, and it does kind of feel a little bit like that. There's a lot of like a lot of these early scenes are there's you're introduced to characters and at the same time uh, you get an idea of what's going on in the world around them through news reports mm-hmm. and stuff, dialogue from TV and stuff. And even that stuff has its particular bit of humor to it. It's not like distractingly thick with it, but it's kind of satirical in a way, mm-hmm. but also not because news pundits can be pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's accurate, but also kind of funny because right. yeah, it seems really, yeah, it just seems really smart. Yeah, looking looking at I'm on page seven and like the first seven pages, you wouldn't think it was, you know, anything that there's anything unusual going on. Mm -hmm. You would think it's just this gal walking through the rain Mm -hmm. and she can't manage her umbrella. So so to find out that it's post apocalyptic, it's like, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, my. There's there's a bit of misdirection because it opens and it's talking about this big storm coming in and is it iceland that's an island Mm -hmm. um so i think it starts there but on an island nation and they're talking about this big storm coming in so they're going to close off borders and then it continues on you go to some other people uh in different countries around that area and they're talking about quarantines and closing borders and you're like wait what's going on and it like you discover that there's this um disease kind of rash illness going around which is mentioned in the first part but i think it's interesting i don't know the the idea of quarantine quarantining and and different um modes of travel getting shut down is handled in an interesting way mm-hmm. and it's raining a lot it's, always <laughs> it's like a light it's like a light-hearted children of men <laughs> that kind of seems appropriate yeah yeah for sure like I said, obviously, I haven't gotten that far into it, so I can't speak too much on it, but I've really enjoyed what I liked so far. And uh, SSSScomic.com. Uh, definitely check it out. The setting is also interesting to me. The Nordic. Mm-hmm. Um, a Nordic adventure. I like that. Uh, that's not something, you know, as an American comics reader, it's not a setting that I read about a lot. Ex- except that's what we've been reading for the last uh, well, two months. <laughs> kinda. I mean, we've uh, been reading like Thor. He's an alien. Come I on. didn't I didn't see. I guess yeah, you're probably right. But it it's not <laughs> that. Well, yeah, but we're pulling like, off of their yeah, their mythologies yeah. in those. Yeah. And this is this is the future. Well, yeah, so. and, and it does well at establishing location in the world. In fact, like on every page, the little the little uh, navigator bar, webcomic navigator bar at the bottom to go forward and back a page has like a a, a map uh, cheat sheet. Mm. So, you oh, know, yeah. which countries are which there. So, like, that's kind of important. And it really seems like I'm excited to get further into it because it seems like she's digging into, like, creating a new lore for this area. Uh-huh. 
And if you look at the about page, there's links to different pages throughout the series. And of course, I didn't click them because it's, you know, I'm not there yet, but pages referencing known world lore and stuff like that. Like it kind of seems like it gets thick into its own lore, which is really interesting, too. Yeah. Dan still stays silent, which makes it sound the horror like a horror to me. Yeah. Which might have been what attracted to me, me to it in the first place. But mm-hmm. I wonder where that, how that connects to a plague. I'm intrigued. I was thinking of you a little bit, Melanie, um, once it started to get into the plague stuff. Because yeah. it feels like living in Plague, Inc., the game you'd play all I the time. Plague, Inc. It made me think of that. And I was like... Except I'm always trying to kill everybody, you know. And you like that kind of stuff. And I was like, I bet, oh, yeah. I bet you'd enjoy this. I do. I like Plague scenarios. Webcomic. <laughs> Content. Um, also, yeah, like... There's a link on the site for book one, mm-hmm. which is like 300 and something, almost 400 pages. Um, oh, wow. So there's at least one collected version of this out already. That's a healthy book. Well, speaking of books that are about 300 pages long. It's <laughs> <laughs> like 222. Yeah, it felt like it, a lot. It it felt like it was long. <laughs> you know what? I, I didn't plan it this way, but I'm glad I found this webcomic that I could uh, th- talk about positively. Mm. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I was like, you guys are going to love this book, and I'm going to be like, oh. oh, oh. I don't love it, but I don't <laughs> dislike it as much as you Actually, guys. I think, yeah, I think, Melanie, this will be interesting because, not that you loved it, yeah, but I think, at least for my Well, and I don't hate it. I mean, there's things I like about it, but it's like- I don't know. We'll get into it. They, let's, <laughs> let, let's get into it. Yeah. Let's get into it. Okay. I think there's actually going to be a little bit of division here, which is fun. Yeah. Our reoccurring segments that we used to do, it was first Swamp Studies when we talk about Swamp Thing, and then it was um, Dead Air, we talk about Walking Dead. And after that ended, we initially were like, well, what is going to replace it? I was like, I picked Swamp Thing. I think Jesse picked uh, Walking Dead. And so we were like, yeah. Melanie, it's your turn to pick something. And you picked Invisibles by Grant Morrison, because you like Grant Morrison. I like Grant Morrison, too. I like the subject matter also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, and then it kind of came into um, changing our format a little bit. Uh, we kind of did away with the steady reoccurring segment. It's better at this point to have the second segment. In this case, the second episode of the month be something more, a little bit more fluid. Mm-hmm. In case something um, interesting comes up, we don't feel, have to feel like we're breaking our routine. Mm-hmm. Um. So we're breaking it now so we don't have to later. Right. <laughs> Melanie suggested this like six months ago. So yeah. we're, we're finally making good on this book. And the book we're making good on is Invisibles. Volume one, Say You Want a Revolution. Written by Grant Morrison. Uh, I, don't, I had a t- hard time finding specifics. Art by Jill Thompson and Steve uh, Yowell. Yowell? Yeah, that's how I'd say that. Yeah. Um, released by Vertigo, a DC imprint, of course. Mm-hmm. The one we read, because I think there's bigger collections, but the one we read is basically the first trade paperback, collects issues one through eight. Uh, the series originally ran from 1994 to 2000. And let's, let's talk about this. What did you guys know about this going into it? I knew what I read in a summary of it. Okay. That's it. I knew nothing. I knew nothing. Yeah. I knew well, nothing, Jon Snow. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know either until I started researching stuff, stuff we could... That sounded interesting to me that I hadn't read because one of the things was I, I couldn't have read whatever I was suggesting we read. So I had to try to find something different that I didn't already have planned to read either, actually. Now, I think we're all I think we all like Grant Morrison, though. Right. I know. Yeah. I know you obviously yeah. do. And I do. Um, and yeah, I, everyone he's likes, prolific. So, I mean, like everyone would be him. hard. Yeah. It'd be hard for us not to find something that we've read that he wrote. Because he's worked for everybody, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We've discussed at least one for sure I can think of offhand. I'm sure more Grant Morrison books mm-hmm. on the show previously. Uh, yeah. Plus Swamp... Wait. Swamp Studies? No, no, no. Oh, no. Nope. My bad. Nope. <laughs> although, although he's... I think he's heavily influenced by Alan I Moore. I think he's very heavily influenced by Alan Moore, and I think that's part of why Alan Moore has such a distaste for him. Yeah. Right. Um, I think he feels he's... They're too, too alike, so they can't possibly get along. Yeah, yeah. Let me read the summary. This is from Wikipedia, so take it as you will. This is pretty good rundown of the of the book. So, uh, and I'll also say spoilers, I guess. Yeah, we're going to spoil something for somebody. We, I mean, we're, yeah, we're yeah, going to spoil yeah. it, but... 
I've read it and I don't think it's spoiled. <laughs> I don't know what. Okay, so the first volume of the Invisibles introduces Dane McGowan, an angry teen from Liverpool, as he attempts to burn down his school. Abandoned by his father and neglected by his mother, Dane takes out his anger and frustration through destruction. In the first issue of the series, Dane is recruited by the Invisibles, a ragtag band of freedom fighters led by King Mob, a charismatic, cold-blooded assassin. The next arc, Down and Out in Heaven and Hell, shows Dane as he tries to survive on his own in London after being abandoned by the Invisibles. Dane is mentored by Tom Obedlam. I didn't realize that was his name. That's bad. Hmm. Obedlam. Mm-hmm. An elderly... Oh, is this old Tom or yeah. something? Yeah, you're right. That is what they call him. An elderly homeless man who is secretly a member of the Invisibles. Tom shows Dane the magic in the everyday world and helps him realize that his anger prevents him from experiencing real emotions. While wandering with Tom, Dane has a partially remembered alien abduction experience and is transported into a different dimension. Does that sound accurate to you? Alien abduction? I remember a little bit of alien stuff. I don't remember no aliens. But, um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, this summary is way more detailed than I was thinking we were doing. It is, but that's because after we get past the summary, I have no I, way of describing this. So I'm okay. I'm good with this. Um, There's like a nine panel little thing that has alien faces in it. I do recall that. Oh, so maybe I that's guess, it. I guess that was an abduction, and I just thought he was tripping. Yeah, me too. See, that's yeah. Well, because he did that a few times. So there you go. Eventually, Dane returns to the Invisibles, taking and oh no, this is appropriate for the book though. I think eventually Dane returns to the Invisibles, taking the codename Jack Frost. The next arc, Arcadia, follows the Invisibles as they go back in time via astral projection to the French Revolution. Jack is almost killed by a demonic agent of the Outer Church, the Invisibles' chief enemy. I didn't know that's what it was called. Me either. Some of that might be, you know, written later. with yeah later knowledge. As the arc closes, Jack declares that he is leaving the Invisibles. But I'm assuming he doesn't. Maybe he does. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Okay, pick up. Go ahead. What what, what give you any idea <laughs> that I have any clue of what to say at this point? <laughs> um, that okay. So okay, here's my general feelings about this book. That description, although it does say a few things that do not sound familiar to me. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I read this a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Two months ago, maybe. Maybe two months. And I, I think you guys read it much more recently. But that description seems appropriate to me because there's a big chunk of this book where he's run, wandering around with a homeless man, not Jack happens. And then there's some time <laughs> travel stuff at the end. That feels like this book. Well, yeah. I mean, like I read it really recently and, um, I, I agree with you. That summary is both familiar and not at all. Right. The only thing that threw me off was the the alien abduction. I mean, do you remember the bit with the aliens? Like, like you said, there was like a few panels. I didn't yeah. get that he was taken to another dimension or any of that out of it, though. Also, no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't write this down, but I'll go ahead and say it because um, the citation that Wikipedia, the link that it led to for citation on this, um, was no longer available. So. No verification, but I think this is the story. One of the stories that Grant Morrison was inspired by his own alien abduction. And so that inspired part of this story. Oh, really? Uh, so I thought it was all drugs. To uh, tell you the truth. I have a feeling that's probably what it was for Grant Morrison, too. <laughs> <laughs> Blue mold. Okay. So, okay. I'll say this. There are some interesting ideas. The blue mold stuff. And when they first went down into the subway, I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. It felt like it was going to start going somewhere and then it just didn't. Um, and then the time travel stuff had some interesting concepts. Uh, so there were some cool concepts. I did not enjoy this. I did not like this. I, I, I had a hard time because it really, really reminded me of uh, Neil Gaiman's Neverwhere. I was just going to say but, that. I'm like, I like Neil Gaiman. I like what's the one, the Slaughterhouse Five guy. I read those kind Kurt of books Vonnegut. all the time, and that's, uh, I think, yeah. why I get it. I, I, doesn't, I like it more than you guys do. See, I like that, but, like, that's the problem is I could not, I, I could not not compare it. Oh, well, I can. And I didn't I like this as much, you know? Like, I was like, oh, this is just derivative. Oh, no kidding. When you have a, a <laughs> novel compared to a comic book, it's not going to be able to well, do the yeah. same thing. Yeah, but, I mean, right. but does this just feel like, a similar type thing or does this feel like a knockoff 
They even went and got the Marquis de Sade, and there's even a character called the Marquis in Neverwhere. So, like, I don't know. I mean, like, I do respect this for what it is, but there was just so many nods that I couldn't ignore it. I Well, okay. I, I respect that. Although, but my thing, that's sort of kind of the thing I'm saying. I've read, besides the two names that I dropped, yeah, there's others that I don't know because they're not anybody, but I've read their things because they're like that and that I like it. Uh-huh. I mean, but that being said, there was way too much poetry in this thing. I'll give you that. And um, and yeah, it did jump around uh, without making connections a little bit. I, I think that than- I think that exactly is what my problem is with the majority of this is that it it has too many references like it has. But like, I don't know, I suppose all of this probably pans out and pays off in some way. Mm-hmm. But it refers to uh, Mary Shelley's husband. Uh, was it Percy? Percy Shelley. It refers to the Beatles in the very beginning in a way that I don't understand. Yeah. Like he's all of a sudden invisible and standing next to uh, Paul McCartney and John Lennon, I think, on the street. And like for no apparent reason. That's the thing. It's like, what does any of this mean? John it's, Lennon. It, so, oh, a rock god. That's I, what? What? What's with this god that was a rock star and it was like two pages and then nothing ever came of it? The pretentious. I'm going to yes. throw that out there. There's a that's lot the of this, word. That's the word I'm dancing around. Yeah. Yeah. Like I hesitated to say it, but and I don't think we, you know, generally ever like thrown this at a book. But man, I like Grant Morrison, but there's parts of this that felt pretentious, pretentious in a way that I did not really enjoy. The Beatles thing really bugged me. It's like, why? Ooh, yeah. I don't know. Cool, I guess. Neat. <laughs> well, if it paid out, if it if it paid out, I wouldn't have such a problem with it. But it didn't feel it didn't feel necessary at all. Well, like I don't understand why it was there. None of it's necessary. None of it's necessary, and that's the problem. Like it, you know, like if it if it lent to world building, the only thing I could give it credit for is it established a time period. The whole time, right? All jumping so, all over time, so, so, right? I mean, that's what I mean. Is like, okay, so we're kind of outside of time. Yeah, that's the only that's the only credit I can give that little snippet. But that's is okay. Okay, so they're in the sixties now or wherever. But was, they weren't I don't think at that he point, wasn't though, in the sixties, and that's the thing. It, but that's that's part of. I mean, the thing is that it doesn't matter because they can be in any time and they can be in any place and they can switch dimensions and worlds and like whenever but, it's all chaos, kind of. But at that point, they weren't. He wasn't with them yet. No, we didn't he, know anything tra- about it. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. were. Th- he was trying to talk to someone, which happened to be that guy, to find out about this kid. I feel like okay. I feel like we don't know how to disagree on a book. No, we do. So, so I think you <laughs> I know. Disagree. I'm just trying to handle this carefully. I'm not going to get mad. No, and I, you know, I don't think any of us should. I don't. Are you going to get mad? No, I'm no. mad at the book. I think the book irritated the crap out of me but my major gripe i think the thing that really drug it down that by the time it started to get interesting again mm-hmm. it, it kind of like dug too much of a hole for me well plus then you throw the poets in there and that really it's like yeah. no we finally get a scene change and it's this but he travels around with that homeless guy also i didn't like that kid i didn't like most of the characters yeah that, did, that didn't help there- but I mean, like I that part, I actually did kind of enjoy. I I enjoyed the fact that he was unlikable because he's a, sort of the most normal character in this thing, and he's unlikable. That's true. I didn't really like any of them. No, I, I don't need to. No way. I did like that. I'm sorry. I liked the uh, the transgender fella lady. I I liked her too because I, that's that's one of the things I did respect about this is like. Like the more outside of the norm you were in this book, the better you were suited to like handle it. Cause like she came up against some pretty major stuff and she just handled it. Mm-hmm. Whereas Dane or Jack Frost or whatever, like it, you know, granted, this is kind of his origin. So he's having a hard time adapting, but like he just can't function. And uh, what was her name? Boy. Boy, she was she was she was relatively standard character, too. And she also had a hard time with things like time travel. Like, I hate time travel. Like, it seemed like the more, quote unquote, standard, normal, basic person you were in this book, the less you were able to um, 
I don't know, cope. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's not fair, but it, that's how I kind of yeah. justified some of it. And I, and I thought, okay, that's an interesting slant. And I could get on board with that. It seemed like when Tom would kind of get well, Dane to take a few steps forward to like actually like progress as a character, mm-hmm. Dane would get stubborn again and then just shut it down and be back to like, well, this is all crap. This is all crap. And that's, it felt like that happened like seven times. It might not have been seven times, but it felt like it kept happening over and over. And I'm like, there's nothing happening in this book. And the time travel stuff was kind of interesting. Um, I liked the weird, the weird villains it kind of set up, not necessarily that in the other organization, but at the end or towards the end of the book, there's some really hardcore crazy stuff with these three. Um, I don't know what is, if I don't even Bugs know if they're looking guys. Well, I don't even know if they're actual, no. Not those guys, but I don't know if they're actually characters or just ideas of these establishments, but the religion and the uh, government there were and more than the, the law. and Oh, that was the Marquis de Sade um, being in his own like book. Oh, okay. Because they were trying to get back to the present and uh, and then they wound up taking a like a tangent by accident into basically his own ideas, his own book, and they had to find their way through it. That stuff was kind of interesting. But Grant Morrison didn't come up with it, so <laughs> no. That that stuff was kind of interesting. I felt like there were some hardcore bits that I was like, I mean, I'm not saying some of it's like okay, a little overboard. That's fine. You want to do that? You want to be that extreme? That's fine. But a little overboard. Kind of interesting. This is you know, Vertigo's imprint and like adult book, adult mm. books, mm-hmm. but um, DC still censored some of it. Uh, Grant Morrison oh, had. Huh trouble through the series i think in this first volume the only thing is a reference in that part a reference to the children was changed to just like lost souls they were called lost souls instead of i don't know kids or children or whatever Mm -hmm. but then later in the series dc like would straight up black out words and names of people they were worried would sue them like walt disney and stuff Uh, Um, yeah Uh. so so uh, this is pretty extreme and he did have to fight against dc over censorship stuff so it's not for everybody for sure and i mean I, I didn't think it was the greatest thing in the world either but i just wanted to defend it somewhat because i knew you didn't like it and from what you were saying i thought he didn't like it and i didn't i didn't think it was that bad i think i had promise i don't know Th- yeah this was just really hard for me to get through it was easier for me to get through than some of the things we've read before for sure let's talk about let's talk about the art yeah because i think the mm-hmm. art i think the art doesn't look bad but i wasn't a super fan super big fan of character designs it looked like the 80s to me yeah i mean you know it started in 94 so it's not that far off it's kind of old school school yeah. well that's all oh but the character very, designs themselves yeah. yeah all of it was that does like the way it was drawn was 80s that clothes they were was 80s everything about it was 80s the only character who was the character in the invisibles with the the ribbons in her hair was, was that, that robin something yeah that i i thought i thought that character was kind of cool Mm-hmm. cool looking anyway um but i i hated the other i um grant morrison i mean king mob whatever his name was the bald guy mm. if you've ever <laughs> if you've ever seen grant morrison mm. it's yeah. him yeah yeah that's i didn't even i didn't even think of that i but couldn't yeah, help right. but not think of it i was like did he could really be his mary could be his mary sue character huh did he and you know and like he's the cool character and the other people think he's right. cool, and i'm like I would be hesitant to say that he told the artist to make it look like him. Maybe the artist was just like, what do you think of this design? He looks like you and he's a cool guy. But when the cool, like when the cool character that all the other characters respect in your book looks like you, I had, I had a hard time with that. Really? What he looks like? Yeah. He's a, you know, skinny, bald, white guy. Yeah. Like he's in S and M. Well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe (laughs) I'd hated the shirt with the no nipples. Mm -hmm. The nipples cut out. I hated it. Hated it. Mm-hmm. I'm I, not. I'm not a fan of that either. <laughs> I don't mind the leather, the S and M leather look. But I man, do. It's gross. Put your nipples away. <laughs> what, what was with the '80s hair and the snorkel gear? I don't. The the cyclops, the woolly cyclops looking mask thing uh-huh. he's wearing. I yes, yes, terrible. Looked bad. It didn't go with anything. <laughs> and then he never used it again. Uh uh-uh. nope. Oh, the stuff at the school kind of seemed like interesting. At that point, I was kind of on board because, yeah, okay, so the main character's not likable, and eventually, I just didn't like him. But at the beginning of the book, I'll say, like, 
yeah, I was okay that he's he's not a good dude and he's burning down stuff and doesn't seem to care so much if people get hurt. And then he gets sent away to that like prison school thing, whatever it was. Mm. That uh-huh. was kind of cool. But then we're like out of that place before we know it. Like that seemed like there was promise. And then it was just like, well, nope, we're just going to wrap that little thing up and get him out of there. And I was like, oh, okay. So where are we going now? Oh, you're going to spend about the next 150 pages walking around with a homeless guy. I thought you might like it more than I did. Oh, yeah. I know. I I knew I did. I Before I even read it, I knew I did. That seems weird. No, no, because because it's not the kind of thing that you like. Well, the, no, that's the thing, though. There's a lot of things in this that are the kind of thing I would like. The whole thing with the school where they're like brain controlling people. And that was interesting. What the heck was the headmaster? Like, what was that guy? He was like some immortal guy that they kept putting back together or something or bug creature. I don't know. There was some weird thing. Um, the time travel stuff was cool. I tripping out in the subways with homeless guys, I guess is cool. <laughs> like there's, there's stuff in this that like there, I are, there are ideas that I like. I just did not like the execution. It kind of makes sense with the kind of guy that Grant Morrison seems not that I can pretend to know like what kind of guy he is, but the stuff he talks about, it makes sense why he would fixate on certain things like traveling around with the homeless guy or why he would just randomly throw in uh, John Lennon being a God. The kind of stuff it chose to fixate on were like the things that I was not wild about. I did like the bug creatures or whatever they were. Mm-hmm. Is it a cypherman or is yeah. that a different thing? Maybe that sounds about right. I did. I did enjoy that. The Marquis de Sade being in like a, a at the time, modern day um, dance club, like a, yeah, oh, yeah. Sexy dance club. Uh-huh. Sexy dance club. You know what I mean? Like a sex club, kind of. What was uh? What was the? Was it the fleshless? I don't know what they were called. The fleshless or whatever. Yeah. They're attacking mm. while they're all in time or whatever, and then uh, it winds up being um, the cross dresser and Dane. I, w- I wish I had character names. Um, basically, have to face off against this thing. Like that. That creature character guy was creepy and interesting i actually wish they would spend more time dealing with that because like when we're introduced to him he like abducts some kid's dad and then and then the kid oh my god and then he's wearing him he's wearing he's wearing yeah wearing the skin and then Uh when you see him later he's all like i don't know like there but not there like that was really interesting Mm -hmm. i i could have read more about that for Mm -hmm. sure yeah and that was more hardcore uh horror elements in that um, the ending, I, w- I kind of wanted to talk about okay. the ending because I don't, I don't quite understand it. Like, so spoilers, I'm talking about literally the end of the book here. Uh, the Mar- Marquis de Sade, like everybody finally gets back from the past or alternate, you know, dimensions or inside the book or whatever, like everybody's back. And, uh, but Marquis de Sade is nowhere to be seen. And he apparently is off doing his own thing. And it seems like he cr- he's about to create the Cyphermen, those guys with the weird uh, black masks and everything that are kind of like robots, but not. So, who does he pick up in the in the Beamer at the end? Does he pick? Is that Percy Shelley? Is that the poet, or is that another character that I'm just not placing? I don't know. I honestly have no idea. Because they basically like they went back in time to get the Marquis de Sade because he is a big deal in the upcoming apocalypse. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they went back in time, got him. And he's the reason that there's going to be an apocalypse is probably what's happening here. But I can't say for certain because I'm kind of confused by the ending. Yeah, he did seem very do be doing some really creepy weird stuff. Uh, And maybe that's that that is what he I was had a kind of a feeling like that. Like they brought him there so that it would bring things to a conclusion of some nature. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, they, they needed, they needed him involved for some reason, but they didn't really, they didn't really say why. And they don't have to, because that could be coming. But yeah, I was just like, I'm not sure who this other person is. Like I could place everybody else, but then there's this, like blonde curly dude that gets in the car with him. Oh and, wait, at the very that wasn't that a, like a kid. I I don't know. That's that's what my, I'm saying. My, I am my, confused. I think at the like yeah, I didn't know uh, which part of the end that was at. If that was at the very very end, I thought he was picking yes. up some random kid 
in a way like he like he was recruiting him or something sort of oh, like, okay like the kid from like the dane kid only it wouldn't be him it'd be somebody else for something else i don't know okay okay so if it's a new character that makes a little more sense okay i have no idea i was just glad it was over <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to figure out where it was going. Like it felt kind of like a cliffhanger ending that should be pretty poignant, but I couldn't tell why. I do have some other interesting information about the series. Grant Morrison had trouble during the series. He got ill and stuff. He said at one point it was because of writing the series and something about dealing with the kind of magic he had to deal with uh, that inspired this book or something. Mm-hmm. Sounds interesting, Sounds I guess. dreamy. Yeah, it does. But also, so he was trying to wrap this, the whole series up leading up to 2000, year 2000. The whole, like, you know, he, he, he likes to do cool stuff like that, you know, where it's like the book kind of tying into real world stuff and culminating with whatever. Mm-hmm. Shipping delays, though, caused the last issue to come out in like April or March of 2000. So oh, past the, yeah, yeah, that kind of oh. sucks. Would you recommend this book? That's our, usually our last question on a book. It would depend on who. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm like that with everything. I know. Because it's the truth. Well, then specify who. Probably of course, I, it would depend on Somebody who. like Allison. Somebody. Okay. Okay. The listener doesn't know who that is. Um, somebody uh, pretentious? Well, well, <laughs> I feel like uh, if I was going to recommend this to somebody, it would have to be somebody that really knows their literature, too. Like, if you don't know who the Marquis de Sade is, you're going to have a hard time with this. You're not going to enjoy it as much. If you don't know who uh, Mary Shelley and Percy Shelley were, then that's like, you know, that stuff was kind of annoying anyways. And I knew who they were. So I I feel like you need to know those things and and enjoy those things a little bit to to latch on to this. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. It's not just... It's not just for the base sci-fi fan. It's going to have to be someone that's into sci-fi and kind of classic literature too. And if you get if you get those, you're probably going to enjoy those. Yeah, I'm not I'm not cultured enough. I didn't care. And actually, now that you mentioned it, I would the people I can think of that I might like it are more book people than comic people. Mm-hmm. Right. Why don't you do it from the top? It's always me that does it. You go for it. Go for it. Go okay. There. What are we doing again? Well, uh, maybe I better do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I need good support. And right. you have it. You have it. In Thanks, buddy. Yes. I know. I know. As long as you write it all down. Yeah, as long what as you write it all down. What am I supposed down. to do? You just let me know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. It's good. Yeah. That way I can, in a panic, tell everyone what to do. <laughs> no, it's your line, Ricky. I don't know what's going on. Okay. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Sometimes. Right. Okay. 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 So I'll do it from the top. Yeah. What yeah, am I saying? EMC. EMC. Electronic Media Collective. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, be sure to tune in every Saturday on EMC for Doctor Who Dark Journey. Doctor Who Dark Journey? What's that all about? I'm just looking through the notes. A 13 part episode. Is it 13 or 12? It's 13. It's 13. No, it's 12. It's I'm 12. Sorry. Unlucky yeah. for some. Yes. Um, which pits, not Brad, which pits Doctor Who and Sherlock Holmes against and, Jack the Ripper. And Sherlock Holmes? Doctor Who and Sherlock Holmes the in one audio drama adventure? Holmes. Exactly. Two? On EMC. Oh my god, I gotta tune into this. You it's... should do. Normally it costs a fortune. How much does it cost? Thousands. But if you quote and say that you've heard this, you get it for now. Nothing. Now, N-O-W-T. It's the north of England. And what do you got to do to find it? Do you go on to the MC Podcast Network? Yes. Website? Yes. New episodes every Saturday until they run out, and then they're new again if you haven't heard them. <laughs> they sure are. Yeah. Is that how time travel works, Dr. Who? That's kind of how time travel works, yeah. People tuning into the first episode never heard it before, so it's new to them. Yeah. But to us, it's old. Yeah. You see? Yeah. So that's it. EMC. EMC. I love these guys. They're great. They're very nice. Tune in. Every Saturday. How Every traditional. Saturday, Doctor Who. There you go. Welcome. Enjoy. And remember, it's $4,000. There you go. Unless you've heard this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So how about that Doctor Who Christmas special? I liked it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. With the Christmas specials, it's always worrisome because they like to, they like to ham it up. They like to cheese it up. Um, and they did. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it wasn't as good as the hus. What was it? the husbands of River Song? Was last year's? Uh yes, yeah. I actually ended up liking that quite a bit, and I was not excited for it. Right. I don't think it was quite as good in some respects, but I think it. I think it was good. I think it was fun. There were good moments. I, yeah, I think the things it did well, it did really well, and then you know, I don't know. I mean, I think if it were in the middle of a, a season, I wouldn't have liked it. Like it would have made it probably would have annoyed me. But as a one-off, as a special, it, I think it was fun. It was it was almost exactly the feel of Lois and Clark Superman show. Oh yeah, it's totally oh. what they were going for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, well, I mean, it was that, but it had the feel of that. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, like the the why can't why can't you just tell her you're in love with her? Yeah, like <laughs> overacted comedy drama trap. Yeah. But I used to watch that show. Well, a lot. <laughs> I, I think one of my favorite bits, uh, spoilers, is uh, when um, the doctor is like, no, look, no, look, Superman and Clark Kent are the same. Look, I drew glasses on Superman. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and the kid's just like, everybody knows that. So so <laughs> was your spoiler warning, was that for the uh, Superman secret identity reveal? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Sorry, kids. The doctor's going to ruin that for you. No, the the spoiler is that I, I thought that was a fun bit, and it probably wouldn't be as funny if you hadn't. Oh, yeah. Good point. If you, if you knew it was coming, it wouldn't be that funny. Are these face-sensing aliens from previous episodes? I, I think they are. No, I think they are. From the last ho- Christmas special, actually. Okay. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah. Because Makes sense, though. It does. What the, it was, River Song was... They were the aliens that she was like striking a deal with. And I just remember because they were keeping the, I don't know, it wasn't money or jewels, something. They were keeping it in their head. Yeah. Like this guy, for some reason, who's going to keep a gun in his nasty uh, Nickelodeon gack filled head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so where did the brains go? I was like, what? where, where do the brains go then? In, in the- <laughs> That's one thing I hated. I hated the look of the brain creatures. When the brains. towards Brains to- with eyes? Yeah, the brains when they had the eyes. I was like. Oh, come on. Come on. Mm-hmm. I think that the aliens, when they're in the human bodies and they can open their heads, I think that's cool. I think it's a very cool image. Creepy. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't quite uh, seal up quite right. <laughs> so their face is a little lopsided once in a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like the interrogation. The uh, mm-hmm. the journalist mm-hmm. lady interrogated him with the, the uh, stress. Yeah. yeah. Stress doll thing. <laughs> that was bizarre. Uh, it was. <laughs> it was funny, though. It was like. I just squeeze him. And even stuff like the scene, the stuff that I would normally hate, I just, I not that I would normally hate it, but would make me roll my eyes, but kind of worked here, was like when uh, the ghost and what's her name are having dinner on the roof mm-hmm. and he's trying to like reveal his identity. Yeah. And then last oh, yeah. minute changes his mind and it's like the, the cut back and the mask is back on. Just, it's stupid, but man. It kind of made me laugh, but it kind of, that kind of it plays worked. into what Mel was saying about it being Lois and Clark because I could totally see that happening in that show. Mm-hmm. I was like, "I'm about to tell Lois my big secret." No, I'm not. <laughs> Nardle, Nar- Nardo, Nardle. Is that the guy from the last yeah. Christmas special? Yeah. Okay, I was going to ask. Who's kind of uh, his companion in this? Mm-hmm. Now is he he's slated to be a permanent companion like Bill? Right. I I mean, I know he's in the next series. Oh, is he? The next okay. season. I, he's yeah. supposed to be in it, but the preview doesn't show him much. Like, they had the preview. Yeah. You don't see him a whole lot. I don't know that he's going to be long-term. So or, not the whole time. Okay. I mean, I could be wrong. I think that, that uh, the preview for the, se- for the series uh, probably got as much attention as the episode itself. Yeah, I think so, too. Online, anyways. Were you, were you going to say I something? Was just, I was just going to say maybe he's going to be a recurring, like, lesbian dinosaur character. <laughs> yeah yeah maybe i say he's the new handles except he gets a body he <laughs> i i i kind of liked that they didn't go really go into how he's got a body how he's normal again mm-hmm. i like that they oh. did, it was a throwaway line oh yeah yeah i mean on the I one too yeah on the one hand it's like it seems ridiculous that he's you know there and fixed quote unquote mm-hmm. but it's almost better to acknowledge and breeze past it I think they should have just left yeah. him with a big giant robot body. It would have been fun. Yeah. But he was in there. He was in there with like other heads. So it would have been like other personalities and stuff. 
Plus the effects on that, I'm sure, have been cost prohibitive. Prohibitive. Yeah. Oh yeah. I guess so. I was actually kind of dreading that he was there because I didn't care for his character. He's this super goo. In the last one, when he was in it, he was kind of the super goofy comedic relief. Yeah, it didn't seem necessary, but that's kind of not the role he played in this. Yeah, they used him to good effect because they almost were like, "Hey, uh, you know, I'm here because you're trying to deal with grief, and you're not." Yeah, and that's the main purpose he served in there. So I kind of feel like he was not necessary, right? I don't think he detracted that from it from the from the episode that he, since he was there, but he also didn't really feel necessary. It's almost like they didn't know how to bring up. Yeah, I think he was a literary device. He was kind of a, he was like, here, just in case you thought we weren't going to deal with this, here's how we're going to deal with this. I liked it. It was another pleasant surprise Christmas special. Yeah. And PCAP, Capaldi. Yeah. It, you know, it's good to have the doctor in an mm-hmm. episode. It's kind of crazy that it's been one year since there was the last episode. So. Yeah. Wow. It has been that. Yeah. Two Christmas specials in a row, and that's all we got. So a solid year between each. Where does it start again? Uh, spring, right? Spring this year? Yeah, I think it's supposed to come in April. April? Is that right? I don't know. It's, yeah, it's going to be earlier than usual, because it seems to come back in the fall, but this this time I think it's coming back in the spring. April's going to be a good time. Isn't that when uh, yeah. Attack on Titan is coming back? It sounds about right. Who knows? Yeah, that's true. Who knows? <laughs> We've been talking about that since our last, since, uh, you know, years ago, a year ago. I swear it's been like two, at least. I think it'd been off the air for a while since before that. Yeah. 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 I'm excited for more Doctor Who. Me too. Yeah. And more Peter Capaldi. Mm-hmm. I, I keep hearing conflicting reports. I, I'm under the impression that he's gone after this season, but then, then I also keep hearing that, that Moffat says he has no plans to, he, you know, he doesn't have it the doctor written out at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. But then again, who knows? He's not going to tell us if he did. Yeah. Moff- Moffat lies. He does. And he wasn't he supposed to be gone, man. No, he, so- this is his, this is uh, Moffat's last season. That last season was his last season. No. It's when are we going to get rid of him? Well, the last season didn't happen till this year, till this next year. It would have been last year. It would have been. When- yeah. It was announced probably two years ago, yeah. but yeah, no, we're still waiting for it. We've we've talked about this before. He has good ideas. It's just how they come together don't always feel. I'm I'm ready to hear somebody else's take on it, but at the same time, I'm like I'm not ready to say goodbye to Capaldi. I'd really like to yeah. see yeah. Capaldi written by a different showrunner yes. for just just a little bit. You know that, exactly. Capaldi's great. I don't like Moffat. I don't think he does a, a, a very good job. Well, Capaldi doesn't feel like a fairy tale type doctor. No. And Moffat likes to do fairy tale type doctor. Yeah. In big ridiculous. Yeah. Even with the special is again, hearkening back to that fairy tale thing. Mm-hmm. And I want to say at some point, you know, he had mentioned or somebody had mentioned, maybe it was just random promo hype for the last season, but that it was going more towards a hard science fiction. It's been less uh, fanciful in certain ways than some of right. the Matt Smith stuff, um, but definitely not move towards hard science fiction no there's been more well, he would i think than there yeah, have been in previous you know yeah some of the recent he's course corrected you know like he made the tardis look more like a ship and stuff like that but but that and also though that being said last season was pretty good mm-hmm. yeah. i think it's probably i want to say it's probably my favorite of the moffat seasons of- and i like yeah of them and i like matt smith as a doctor but yeah, he's all right. The episodes and Capaldi made last season fantastic. So we should wrap this thing up. Letters page. We don't have any letters. You bums. We want to hear from you. <laughs> you. You old Tom, you. You old Tom down in the subways smoking your blue fungus. Blue mold. Blue mold. That can't be good for you. <laughs> no, no. That's bad. If well, you black like. mold's bad. Blue, <laughs> blue mold. Whoa, that's right out. Right out. If you'd like to send us a letter and have us read it on the show, if you got questions, you want to chime in on something, we if you loved this book that we talked about, or you love the next book we're going to talk about, you or can any book we ever talk about ever. <laughs> uh, send us an if you have strong reactions, 
If you have strong reactions, either way. To blue mold. <laughs> First, call 911. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. But uh, send us an email, letters at grolicspodcast.com. That's L-E-T-T-E-R-S, letters at grolicspodcast.com. Or if you want to hear your voice on our show, so long as it's not full of obscenities, you can call the Google Voice me- line, Google Voice mail message line. That's a that's a lot. It's a lot of letters, words. 559-426-6427. That's a U.S. number. 559-426-6427 or 559-4-COMICS. And, of course, if you want to record an MP3 or something, you don't want to do the whole phone thing or you want to do something fancy, please do something fancy. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to do something fancy, you can record your own MP3. Keep it under two minutes, please. And you can message that also to uh, letters at grogspodcast.com. Next episode will be out January 23rd. I'll be talking Westworld with Dustin Smothers of the Pro, Re- Pro Wrestling Iowa podcast. Um, so, Grolix Bites. Three episodes in January. I'm excited. Yeah. What? what? Uh, and then next month, we already announced. I think we talked about it earlier this episode. Uh, February mm-hmm. 6th, we'll do our next uh, poll list episode. And that will be Angela, Queen of Hell, Journey to Thunder World from Marvel Comics. And also from Spawn fame. Yep. Oh, yeah. We'll talk a little bit about her Spawn origins as well, of course. Is it Thunderworld? Thunder Underworld. I think the I have a feeling world. it's Underworld, but the title. But it's fun. The title. <laughs> it's a terrible title. An- Angela, Queen of Hell, whatever Thunder. It's just. It's it's interesting. Have you guys? Have you guys? I have cracked the cover. Uh-uh. Okay, I haven't even started it. It's yet. got an. It's got an interesting uh, tone to it. So I, I've I've been enjoying it. I think uh, we'll definitely have things to say. So. <laughs> so we're not okay. Man, at this point, it, I, I it, hope it'll be it'll it'll be a fun bookend to Lady Thor. I think. I mean, I, it, I don't think we're gonna be singing its praises, but I don't think we're gonna be divisive in the same way as this as this uh, book that we just read. So, yeah, I do want to comment on one thing. Our last episode, um, thirty six, where we talked about Thor, goddess of the thunder. Maybe it just mm-hmm. hasn't found the right audience yet. We have gotten no blowback in. Really, not as much input from this as I would have apparently, expected. Apparently, we are not wrong. Yeah. I kind of expected people to be like, you guys are you guys are the sexist jerks that they're referencing when that one guy makes. <laughs> Thorgate. Somebody was like, what world do you live in that New Year's Day was this Monday the 2nd? And then I had. Exp- we, we weren't overly clear on that, but <laughs> but yeah. We still weren't wrong. No, no. Because it was the bank. We know we know what we were talking about. Yeah. But that's it. Like, nothing about Thor. I was like, okay. Kind of <laughs> a little concerned that we'd, like, somebody would get upset, but oh, yeah, we were respectful still. Sounds like it was marvelous. Because <laughs> Marvel. <laughs> we're always respectful of women. I'm not. Yeah. I don't have to. I don't respect men either, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> this is Randy. You don't understand. I could have had class. Could have been a contender. I could have been somebody instead of a Grolix, which is what I am. This is Melanie, and that's a really nasty Grolix you got there. And this is Jesse. I mean, that's why I brought her. Oh, no. Finish your tweet. No, it, that's fine. Just give us a second here. Th- there you go. Hashtag it. Go get her, Grolix. Thank you for listening to the Grolix Podcast. The Grolix Podcast is a production of the Electronic Media Collective and Vorpal Arrow Studios. For more Grolix Podcasts, check out GrolixPodcast.com. Also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, YouTube, ElectronicMediaCollective.com, Facebook.com slash Grolix Podcast, Twitter.com slash Grolix Podcast, all the dot com slash all the Grolix Podcast. That was an episode. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be fine. It's going to be fine. It will. Yeah. Randy, Randy you're magical at editing. I'll, I'll, <laughs> it'll, it'll, just, it'll sound okay. Yeah. I, well, I mean, you know, it, it's definitely going to be a, a different episode, but I think that's okay, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, then, and if people actually, you know, listen to previous episodes, we have awkward I think, moments. Uh, 
we have awkward moments just like when you it's know, teenagers. I don't know if that stuff comes through when I when I, after I edit it. Really? Yeah, which is kind of good. Yeah, it's it kind is. of the goal. I'm, there are I think there are little things that come through. Mm-hmm. Um, there's certain things. Sometimes I'll leave something just because it's like yeah, that was a little awkward, but I I think that's appropriate for this book because. I think that you're going to be, you're going to either love it or maybe not. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is one of those books you're either going to like or not. So I think it's okay that that's kind of how it played out. 